Welcome to episode 115 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Zach, and this week I'm joined by Chance. Hello. Pat. Oh, hello, everybody. And Rick. Rick. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews and impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows, favorite Winter Olympic event. I like the one where they shoot things and they go start, they start skating and then they shoot something else. The biathlon, I think yeah. it is. They shoot something yeah. and then they start skiing. They, they, they ski really quick and then they go down and get a rifle and then they shoot something and they get back up and they start skiing. This is in yeah. the Olympics? Pros- <laughs> or like yeah, the they basically Hillary. train. They basically train alpine snipers. I've never heard of this. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. All right. I, that's a great answer. I'm not going to lie. Uh, bobsled. I don't know. Rick, what about Shit. you? I was going to go bobsled. So I guess I'll go uh, figure skating. Ooh, doubles nice. or singles singles whatever nancy kerrigan did yeah i mean i think there should be a will ferrell sports comedy about every sport because blades blades <laughs> of glory is so glory <laughs> jazz michael michaels is figure skating <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is hockey naturally why is that naturally i'm canadian you've never once you know. mentioned that before Okay, we're moving on. This is not something I'm going to Michigan is not Canada, Zach. Come on. You're right, it isn't. You are just stating facts. Uh, So this week we'll be discussing uh, Sony's acquisition of Bungie. But first, what have you been playing? Uh, Chance, let's start with you. Um, A lot of the games I've been playing are in our not-so-slow news. Um... Like, uh, some of the new releases, like Dying Light and Pokemon. Um, and, uh, I would say, other than those two games, the normal stuff, League of Legends, Apex, but, uh, I guess we'll get to the other two games here in a second. So, I guess, uh, we'll move on to Rick. What have you been playing? <laughs> Thank you, Chance. Um, let me go down the list. It has been February, so, um, we at the Entitled Gaming Podcast like to participate in a, an achievement war. So you can get the most Xbox uh, achievements throughout the entire month of February. Some of us take it seriously. Other people uh, don't. So um, what I've been playing, I actually, before February started, I played some Halo Infinite. I played some Death's Door. I am uh, pretty close to beating Chrono Trigger. And then February happened, so I started digging into some of the uh, not-so-good games. Uh, played a little bit more unpacking. Um, played a little bit of... Omno, which is like a area exploration kind of game. Um, only played a little bit of that, and that was on like mobile because like Link was on my lap. Uh, so I didn't do too well at that. I played a game called Townscaper, where you basically make a, a town. I played that for probably maybe a half hour. I beat the entirety of a game called Bear With Me. It's a basically a noir detective drama about. You know, a kid and his bear solving a crime. That sounds really interesting. It actually is. It's, is it like third person or is it top down? What's the? It's almost like a. Uh, it's like a side, like a two D, almost like an artful escape or like a after party or oxen free kind of thing. Hmm. Um, it's really cheap on Xbox. I actually was able to trade in. You know, those little points that you get with Game Pass. 
Uh, I traded those like for your daily quests and stuff like that. I traded those in and bought it for like I think it's like ninety nine cents. Finally beat the final boss in Hellblade again. Uh, with I beat it on PlayStation Four. Went back on Xbox and was playing through it. I believe this past fall, but I got to Hella, the final boss, and just kind of stopped and waited till February. Um, I played a little bit of a game called Telling Lies, which will go in on Game Pass yesterday. So far, I have not gotten far far in that. Uh, played some of the Pedestrian, which is a, a 2D side scroller that's really, really kind of innovative. I'm really enjoying that. Played a little bit of the Procession to Calvary, which is so far pretty funny. Um, a little bit of Kill It with Fire, where you go around killing spiders with fire. Uh, on mobile, I played a little bit of Forza Street, which is free on mobile. Uh, it's a Microsoft game. Uh, played a little bit of uh, Goroga, which Goragoa. is Goragoa, which is a really really interesting game, uh, mainly involving like panels. And you have four different panels, and you can kind of zoom in on some, zoom out on the other, and separate them out. So far, that's actually been pretty good. I'm, I was pleasantly surprised by that one. And last but not least, uh, another game that's also new to Game Pass, which is Paparazzi where you run around and take photos of dogs. So, for it only being the 4th day of February, I've been playing some games. Uh, we had some snow, I had a couple of days off of work, so... Yeah. Pat, what have you been playing? Yeah, so, we got some overlap there, because uh, Achievement War, we're trying to get some games that are, you know, a little easier to beat. So, I also beat Unpacking. I kind of had it in the back of my mind ever since you brought it up last year. I'm like, oh, nice, easy game. Seems like easy achievement. So I'm going to save that for February. So I 100% of that. I think it took me like maybe an hour and a half. Not bad at all. Like uh, I like the environmental storytelling of it. Like you're kind of going through this person's life, uh, unpacking all the items, and you kind of see the different stages of her life, like when she's a kid, when she goes to college, when she moves back into her parents' house, and then you start unpacking like stuff for a child and, you know, you're kind of just drawing, there's no dialogue. It's just you making connections based on the items in her room. So yeah, really, really enjoyed that. I highly recommend that. That's on Game Pass. Then I 100% at Townscaper. Um, this is kind of like a build your own town or city or whatever. It's really easy controls on PC. Um, very easy achievements. Took me like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I'm sure like Rick did the same, so I'm sure took him that long as well. Uh, but I could like, I'm not really the building type, but I could totally see like somebody go crazy building like cities and towns and stuff in this game. So worth a check out if you want. Um, and then I've, I'm slowly continuing, uh, nobody saves the world. Uh, that game is really fun. I would really like to play co-op with one of you guys if you want, but I know it's not really your type of game, but it's a nice fun action adventure top down with all these different forms. Uh, the slug is my favorite so far because he's OP. Um, and then I kind of went back and I cleaned up the achievements in 12 minutes, which you know came out last year. Uh, I'd beaten the story and all that, and I just can't went back, did a couple of playthroughs to um, kind of mop up the achievements that I hadn't gotten. And then, yeah, I'm playing Pedestrian, which is it's a really unique puzzle platformer um, that is like you are in this... 2d space that is within like street signs and stuff in the background of a 3d city uh and then as you move from one 
as you complete like one puzzle room, you move to the next room and it kind of shifts the the 3D space. So you go from like underground where or you go from a warehouse to like the sewers to like a, a campus and then a city. And then it kind of introduces new puzzle mechanics along the way. Uh, really calm, nice, easy game to play if you like those puzzle type games. I, I really recommend it. That is also on Game Pass. Uh, and then I did play Windjammers 2 for a little bit. Um, if you if you ever played Windjammers 1, I think it was NES or uh, SNES. But it's a multiplayer uh, frisbee soccer game almost. You're on two sides of the, the, the court and you have to try and score a goal in the other person's net. And they're blocking and you're just... You got different moves you can throw with the Frisbee. Like you can curve it, you can power shot it, you can bank it, you can jump up and throw it down, all that stuff. So it's easy to like learn and play, but it's, I can sense that it's going to be hard to like master and like get really good at. So played a couple games of that. That seems fun. Um, Nice party game also on Game Pass. And that is pretty much it. Oh, actually, no, there's one more which might be the worst game I've ever played for achievements. Uh, this is called One Leaves. So I downloaded this. This is, it's a, the story is that you're stuck in like a saw type warehouse with three other people and only one of you can leave. So you have to figure out the mystery and leave, be the first one to leave. And then if you do, then you make it out. But the whole game is a lie because it was made by the anti-smoking people <laughs> to, uh, like, you know, get teenagers to not smoke. So, uh, the whole like facility is about showing you the dangers of smoking. Like you go into one room and it's got a bunch of body bags and it's like, this is how many people die every year from smoking. (laughs) And, uh, like there's a maze that you go to at one point and you can run into like, it's got like a bunch of tissue and like body parts and stuff on it. And then you can go to like one, one portion that's a dead end and it's like a person's mouth with like the teeth rotted out and stuff. And it's like, this is the rotting mouth of someone who's been smoking for 20 years and stuff like that. to just try to get you to not smoke. Uh, it's just, it's very poorly made. You can get stuck on the environment and then you'd have to restart and it, it runs terribly. Like I was playing on the series X and the performance was dipping into like the 10 frames per second. And I'm like, how is this that badly made that it can't like run well on this machine? Um, yeah, just not a good, uh, you can get a decent amount of achievements for it, but if you want to get all the achievements, you have to run through this maze like 30 times. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Like no way am I doing this. So then I stopped and I'm never like, I uninstalled it. I'm never playing it again, but one leaves if you ever want to torture yourself with a terrible game. Um, but besides that, yeah, I've just been playing like the regular stuff, uh, waiting for the major games to come out, uh, cause February and March are going to be pretty busy. Uh, Zach, what have you been playing? Uh, so yeah, I've kind of been in the same boat waiting for the, for the new games to, to come out. Uh, we've more recently kind of gotten back into siege, ah, yes, again, did. which, uh, feels like we do that <laughs> like every few months or so we say we're getting back into siege. We did play a little bit of Rainbow Six Extraction um, as well. I blocked that out. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. Rainbow Six Extraction was okay. It's not as good as Siege itself. Yeah, every time um, I'm playing it, I'm like, you know, I could be playing Siege. Right I could now. just be playing Siege, exactly. <laughs> like, um, but, you know, it being on Game Pass, I want to do a shot. The game is not bad. It's just not as good as Siege. Yeah, if you liked the mechanics of Siege, but you don't want to play against other people, 
maybe extraction right. is up your alley. And I think it gives different um gives a different perspective on the game and it gives you like something different to do as opposed to just doing the PvP. Um so it does offer something that's different, um, but it's just not as good as Siege. Outside of that, you know, I've been playing Forza a little bit, uh playing some FIFA. I did kind of like semi jump back into Jedi Fallen Order just when I was like bored and I was like, oh, I haven't played this in a while. Let's kind of jump back in and and run around and kill some stormtroopers and stuff. So that was kind of fun. Um but yeah, outside of that, I haven't really played played too much this week. So oh, well, I guess do we count Wordle as a game? Has anyone else been playing Wordle? No. Uh, no. No, but no? I know it's on the rise. I I don't support the New York Times. <laughs> well, it just got bought out by the New York Times. Exactly. So you could have been playing it before it got bought out. I knew, I knew something was coming, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at you being omnipotent and shit. Just like... <laughs> so. that, that's an insane story, though. Apparently, the guy made this simple word game for his girlfriend over the pandemic. He made it for his, like, then-fiancé, or maybe they were girlfriend-boyfriend. I think they're married now. Yeah, she just loves word games. Well, so yeah, he just I created mean, this super simple concept. I made a million. You got to lock that down. <laughs> Yeah, and he got he got he uh, got paid seven figures for that. I was like, I would absolutely sell out for that. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's a super simple concept, but it's so much fun. I love playing it. I'll be really disappointed if the New York Times puts it behind like a subscription. Have you played Loodle? That. That'd be. I have played Loodle, <laughs> which is just the uh, the dirty word version of this game. Yeah, like, yeah. It's uh, so. made by Gary Witta, who is the writer of like Rogue One and stuff, and he's on some podcasts I watch for kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's he was marketing it on there, and I'm like, so he copied this game but just made it all dirty words. And apparently, like some of the dirty words are like British dirty words. So you're like, is that even really dirty in America? <laughs> in English, <laughs> so, well, they speak English, Pat. Like <laughs> in American English, <laughs> like, is that even a word in English? Is it dirty <laughs> in American English? Um. Fanny. Fanny, yeah. <laughs> Anywho. So uh, some housekeeping stuff. Uh, obviously, last week uh, we released our uh, our Tuggies episode. It's our fourth annual one. So if you haven't listened, go check that out. Find out who everybody voted for as all the winners for the various categories and stuff that we had. What's the news? What's the news? Not Slow News. Not Slow News 2.0 is where we kind of go through headlines that weren't quite worthy enough to be the topic of show, but... We're going to dive deeper into them. It's not fast, but it's not slow either. Uh, we'll start uh, with the Dying Light 2 and Pokemon Arceus impressions. And I know, Chance, this will be more for you since you've played both of these. I uh, started off with a Pokemon Arceus uh, that came out, what, February 4th? That's today. Did it come out today? No, no, it didn't. That was uh, Dying Light. No, it came out um, <laughs> the 28th. Sorry, January 28th. Okay. Um, a very different take on Pokemon. It was very refreshing. Um, I may do a review on this, but it's, uh, it's very different as crafting, very open world, um, different changes, different, um, systems that they've had in, in older Pokemon games that make things a little easier. Um, and because of this game, it's kind of changed my way, how I play a Pokemon game. I typically would, you know, find my favorite six seven maybe eight different pokemon and then i would just stick with those and play the whole game with those pokemon didn't catch anything else but in this game it's kind of like encouraged me to catch everything and uh there are side quests and um there are even some new items that are in older pokemon games you kind of see how the system or not the system but like the um 
how Pokemon has, like, you know, Pokemon evolved. has evolved throughout history, or, you know, uh, that franchise yeah. history. Um, but, uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, I'm going to continue to play that. Uh, I'm already, like, I don't know, maybe, like, halfway. Um, I know that there's a post-game. I know there's a post-storyline, uh, too, as well, after you, you know, uh, see the credits. Um, but uh, So, do you miss gyms? Yes, I mean yes, but like I like I said, I'm looking for something like refreshing. So I'm I'm like okay, if this doesn't have gyms, whatever, you know, I'm not too, you know, I I like to try something different. Um, in this game, they kind of have something different called uh, noble Pokemon, which are kind of like just uh, it's interesting. Like you fight them at first, kind of like as you're as like the trainer, you know, you're not even using Pokemon yet. You kind of roll around, dodging attacks. Uh, and you throw like these, uh, like this powder at them that could calm them down. And when you get them at, we saw that in the gameplay trailer. Yeah, yeah. When you get them to like a certain amount of health, like their health bar, um, then you can throw a pokeball, and then you're gonna fight them, and then uh, stuff like that. Um, not only that, but there's also uh, you also get a star ranking. You're essentially become an officer to like you know, um, uh, you work for like uh, Team Galaxy to complete the Pokédex. And they have a 10-star ranking. And as you complete the Pokédex, you will gain stars. I think right now I'm 5, maybe almost 6 out of 10. So like I'm almost badges? there. Um, well, there's like not 10 badges, That's though. There's this like version seven, of the badges, yeah. though, right? Um, in a sense, you're not really like fighting anything to earn them. It's more just like progress with the Pokédex, I guess. Like you can... I feel like you can earn badges pretty early on. Like you can earn them like very quickly, like compared to like where you are in the story. Like if you really want to, you could probably earn like ten bad ten stars like way before you complete the main story mode. Um, so uh, and uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I would like to get more into it if I you know do a re- review on it. And I'm sure everyone's playing it. I think it's selling really well, and yeah. I know it reviewed very well. So. So I saw some stats on it. Apparently, it sold 6.5 million copies in a week, uh, and that means it outpaced Sword and Shield and uh, Diamond and Pearl, which was like 6 million in a week, but it did that being the sole game. So Diamond and Pearl had two versions. Sword and Shield had two versions. So, you know, hardcore fans or dumbasses like Zach are buying the dual pack, (laughs) one person (laughs) buying two copies. Uh, So both of those are counted, but this is only one version, so... This is like going to be the best selling Pokemon, I think. Um, yeah. Um, do you guys have any? Have you guys tried it all? Am I the only one given it a shot yet? I know Zach has a copy waiting at Pat's. So he has to go pick up. Um, yeah, been, Pat's getting on my ass about getting it when there's a winter storm up? happening. <laughs> like he texted me the same day. He's like, "Are you coming to get this?" I'm like, "Absolutely not! All right, not today. it's worth <laughs> it's worth risking your life for." I'll tell you that. No, it isn't. Yeah, I mean, it's no, been no. getting great reviews. I was really hesitant seeing the stuff on it and then kind of just sword kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But, you know, maybe if this goes down in price a little bit or if I'm like desperate to, for something to play, I might look into Arceus. Uh, who's your starter? Did you already mention? Yeah, in this game, they did something very different and very new. It's not a new generation. What they did is they chose three different starters or a different starter from different generations. So they have... Oshawott, um, they have a Cyndaquil, and then they have the fucking uh, Owl. He's like very new. I forget his name. Hoot Hoot. No, it's not Hoot Hoot. It's Rowlet. So, uh, and the thing that's really cool is that their third evolution is actually like a special 
Hisui evolution, which is, uh, that's what that land is called, is uh, Hisui. So do you know what the final evolution is? Or? Yeah, they're different. Um, if you want me to, I mean, should I say? I mean, is it considered spoiler? I mean, the game's been out, I guess. Um, up, up and most people already you. know. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I have Oshwat, so it ended up being a water dark. Um, I know that uh, Cyndaquil turns into a Typhlosion, Typhlosion eventually, and it actually, instead of just being fire, it actually turns into a fire ghost. And then um, Rowlet, who normally turns into a grass ghost or grass gar- grass dark. I don't remember. One of those two. Um, Rowlet actually turns into a grass fighting. So um, very different. Um, and uh, but yeah, I'm still playing that and having a lot of fun. Um, what do you what do you think? Do you think this will be like the mainline Pokemon series going forward or is this like a one off? Well, I think they are trying something new, um, giving something new a shot to see how well it's doing. I think everyone's really enjoying it, and this is like their first time doing this kind of Breath of the Wild open world kind of game. Um, I definitely obviously see room for improvement, and you know, seeing how this is their first time of doing this style, they could definitely improve. Um, but uh, I think I wouldn't be upset if the next one is very similar, like an improved version of Arceus. But I, I'm sure people won't mind if they do go back to the kind of the, you know, left down, upright kind of, you know, top down kind of view that the, you know, Pokemon games used to have. Or, well, I mean, actually, if you think about it, like uh, Sword and Shield was more kind of like that semi open world traditional style. Um, that was when I mean, they're kind of experimenting, you know. They had those like areas. That were- yeah, like they had like the little areas where this is like full open world, like sword and shield was like partially open world um but uh i'd like to see them actually do the Arceus style but like maybe the traditional with like gyms and stuff like that that'd be really cool and interesting um and like trainers because actually another thing that's pretty weird is like you don't really you don't run into trainers i mean you do get into pokemon battles against people but they're kind of all like story-based like you know, you, you talk to people like, oh, let's have a battle. Like, you don't, like, run in front of someone and then they just, hey, you know, let's fight. Like, you know, that doesn't really happen in Arceus. Um, at least not yet. Um, but I'm already, like, somewhat halfway, you know, halfway through the game. So I found that an inter- uh, interesting change. Yeah. Um, should we move on to Dying Light 2? I think I'm the only one that's uh, have played it. Yes. This is the chance show, man. This is chance's uh, shine. This, this is, is uh, just a chance's segment, I guess. Your perfect time because, like, your two most anticipated games came out back to back. Yes. Um, Dying Light 2, the highly anticipated sequel of Dying Light 1, finally came out um, February 4th. So far, reviews on it haven't been so great. A lot of it looks like it has to do with, like, uh, bugs. Uh, I've encountered a, a few myself, actually, just recently. Like, you say not so great, but, like, Seven is a good game. That's not that great. Like seven, it's like a C. That's like a C. That's like a meh. That's meh. I mean, even by our rating, seven is okay. Yeah. I mean, I was looking personally. I was think hoping it'd be rated like eighty five plus or something. I mean, this is like dying. Like this isn't like a game that comes like like it comes out every year. You know what I mean? It comes out once every like five years or something. And they ha- they already have next uh, DLC planned for the next five uh, five years. So I mean, game um, Game Informer gave it a nine, right? Yeah, it's very mixed. But I would say that majority of the reviews typically have it at like a 74, 75. But there are a couple nines in there. 
uh, like eights and nine point fives in there and stuff like that. So it, it's getting very mixed reviews. Um, I haven't played too much of it, though. I have played some parkour is still awesome. The combat's still great. They've added some different mechanics, uh, like when you're infected during the day, you can run around and do whatever, but at night. When you're in the darkness, you have a timer and you have to get to a UV light to replenish that timer or you'll turn. So there are different areas at night where you have to fight a revenant or you have to go into an area inside of a building that have valuable loot or weapons. And you have to kind of, you can either go in there and grab things like really fast as, you know, as quickly as you can, or you, you can, by the skin of your teeth and try to, you know, do nice and slow methodical and grab things as you're doing things slowly and uh you know get in and out kind of thing um this map is obviously huge and it i've not even come close to exploring a, like you know a fraction of it you have all this vegetation and all these people living on the roofs and uh of these houses and buildings there's a, like a crafting they added a lot more rpg elements to it i mean there always have been rpg elements but i feel like they've kind of expanded on them uh, they they tried to say that they, there's no ranged weapons. Uh, we'll see if that is actually true. I do know that there's like a bow and arrow or a crossbow in the game. So, I mean, that's technically a ranged weapon. And I have found some like throwing spears. You can th- you have throwing knives. And, and I just realized that there's actually armor classes uh, like a ranger, uh, you know, that's like, you know, stealth and ranged. Uh, a medic, which I don't know how you would be able to be a medic class. I don't. Um, uh, then you have a tank, which I could guess would be you know specialized as two handers. Maybe you know the armor that are meant for tanks can absorb more damage. And then I see that there's a bruiser, which is I guess more of like a, a one hander, like you know, kind of tanky but kind of damage. Like I don't know, kind of a hybrid between the two. I'm I'm going to continue playing Dying Light, but between the two, I played a lot more Pokemon Arceus right now. Um, but I will uh, well, I mean, later. Dying Light just came out today, so that's a, yeah, I literally just came out today, and I did get distracted. I have uh, I had other obligations to play other games with other people, so like I could have played a lot more, but um, I'll, I'll get there. Out of the two, which do you find yourself liking more right now? It's I mean no, it's it's hard to say because I've been I've been playing I play po- so much Pokemon and I like it, but I literally just started Dying Light Two and I'm at the point to where I need to do more story quests to unlock more of the features and mechanics of the game. So I don't really know what all it has to offer. Let's say a wizard appears in your room right now and he says you can only have one of these games and I'm gonna wipe the other from existence. Which do you pick? Why would a wizard do that? Why <laughs> <laughs> a chance? Like, cause wizards are weird, man. You can't. You can't trust a wizard. I'd pl- what do you I'd, mean? I'd play a... there's, there are... No, 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 wait a minute. Before we get... There's like dozens of wizards we can trust. What do you mean? <laughs> and there's dozens more you can't, man. That's the thing. You never know with a wizard. Surely there's more you can trust than ones that you can't. I don't know, man. That's too much power yeah. for one person. I don't trust one. It's not just one wizard. Yeah, but that's too much power for that not to corrupt that wizard at some point. So... That's not true at all. Like, yeah. Think about all the wizards that have ever existed. And how many of them have turned to murder the second you stop reading not- the book. Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> have you heard of Merlin? Yeah. Fucking serial killer, man. Have you heard of Gandalf? Eventually turned evil. You know, He had the no, eagles the entire time. All I'm saying, he wanted to see Frodo suffer. Basically right. killed Boromir himself. With his bare hands. 
Anyway, ask me ask me that question again when I played more Dying Light, and I will give you <laughs> the an wizard answer. doesn't do that, right? Wizard's gonna wipe one from existence. <laughs> Which is it? If you don't answer, he's gonna it's wipe Pokemon. both. What kind of Sith ass wizard is this? <laughs> it's like coming you know, in right you know, now, like not even giving him more time. Can wipe my ass because there you that's go. Not yeah, not a boy chance. <laughs> I don't feel that's a. All right, the wizard's wiping both. All you right. tell him, Chance. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> All right. Chance well. lost both games because he refused to answer this question. Anyway. anyway, before we get into the GTA news, there is the uh, something about respawn and their Star Wars games. I don't know. So on uh, January 25th, uh, EA and Lucasfilm Games announced three new Star Wars titles, all coming from Respawn. So, you know, EA and uh, Disney had that like 10 year deal of exclusive Star Wars games that was in like 2013 that started. And, you know, we got Battlefront 1 and 2, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and then there was uh, Squadrons that have come out of EA. And then there's like three other games that were canceled at some point. So that deal, that exclusive deal is coming to an end in 2023. But that doesn't mean EA is going to stop making Star Wars games. EA is still making Star Wars games. It's just they're not exclusive. Like they're not the only people making Star Wars games now. And we know that because uh, Quantic Dream just announced that they're you know making Star Wars Eclipse. You know, there's a Ubisoft Star Wars game coming up. Um, so... A lot more people than EA are making Star Wars games. But out of EA, the only people that are making Star Wars games now are Respawn Entertainment. So they announced three new games in development. One of them is a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, which we don't know if that'll be called Fallen Order 2 or if it'll be Jedi colon something else. But that game is in development. Um, I'm assuming you know that game sold really well, did well critically. Uh, we kind of assumed that that game was in development, so... We'll probably hopefully get a full reveal of that sometime soon. Besides that, they're working on a first-person shooter in the Star Wars universe, not Battlefront. It's something else new. And then uh, there's a strategy game coming out of that as well. And both of those are kind of still early in development. They're looking for looking to hire people to do those. But we now know that there those are three games Respawn is working on, in addition to Apex. So. They have their kind of plates full with Star Wars. So my question to you, Zach, is how do you feel knowing that Respawn just announced three games and none of them were Titanfall 3? Ooh, that's got to hurt. So I've kind of like come to grips with the fact that Titanfall is just a dead franchise now. And I don't think I'm ever going to. Apex is very much alive, so that's not true. So Apex is fine. Apex is not Titanfall. It's the same franchise. No, it's not. It isn't. Because the two. (laughs) No, it isn't. It is not. It's not the same franchise because the thing that Titanfall is known for, the Titans, aren't even in Apex. Not like yet. they won't be because like how do you like, how do how would you even like balance that? You, who gets the Titans? People said that about Spider Man and Fortnite, but look at that now. What? No, <laughs> like th- no, they didn't say that. Like that's not even relevant to this. And it's just, it's just, it's. I'm so sad. And it makes it even worse because Titanfall 2 is unplayable now because people hack the servers. Why do you spitefully not play Apex? Like, I spitefully not play Apex because Apex is the reason that Titanfall doesn't exist anymore, basically. I've never felt such a level of spite before in my life when I'm like having to think about this game. It is the reason that Titanfall 3 is not going to happen. And 
respawn obviously like you're they're going to focus on games set in the star wars universe because that will make them more money because star like then making a titanfall 3 because star wars is such a larger like, it goes without saying such a larger franchise such a larger ip like it's obviously going to do better for them critically and commercially so that doesn't bother me like if you would have told me like we're putting Titanfall three on the back burner because of these Star Wars games, like not happy about it, but like it makes sense commercially. Like but Apex exists. Well, like that's and a, that shit pisses me off. Apex like, is so big, it's so popular, and it's doing so well. I feel like if Titanfall three right. were to come out, I would feel the same like how I would with Extraction. I'd be playing Titanfall three. I'm like, why am I not playing Apex right now? But like the thing is. The thing is with Titanfall and Apex is that they're completely different in that Apex is a battle royale and Titanfall is... Yeah, but Apex is releasing a 9v9 game mode. We don't want to go down a rabbit hole of... Wait, wait, I'm already here. I'm in the hole already. I'm in the rabbit hole. (laughs) What's what's interesting about this news is that (laughs) it's showing EA is finally recognizing Respawn is our best studio. Like, Respawn has given, given us the most... Uh, quality titles in like the shortest amount of time they've quickly promoted vince ampella to like you know he's now in in charge of like dice uh one of the dice studios and like basically he's going to be running ea in a few years based on like his trajectory but uh i think this is we're just going to get more quality titles because ea is going like double down on respawn like recently they had an investor meeting um, where they're talking about their like earnings last quarter or whatever, and they didn't even bring up Battlefield 2042 because it's not doing well. What they did bring us bring up is like the numbers of Apex and like the future updates coming to Apex, and then they talked about like earnings and like projected stuff for you know the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order 2 because they know <laughs> that uh, Dice is not giving them the same quality and like the same success that Respawn is. So I think you're gonna see a lot more staffing up of uh like respawn they're gonna get more more creative control to do you know whatever they want like i'm sure this strategy star wars game was something they were kind of iffy on but based on the past uh success that everything that they've given to ea is probably like yeah fine go do your strategy game that's fine we we trust you to do that so um, i'm really excited for the jedi fallen order sequel what about you guys i'm excited about it as well considering jedi fallen order like in my opinion, I think even when I we talked about it when it came out, it kind of is begging for a sequel. Um, they had the, only like a handful of planets, and yeah, I kind of had to replay through a couple of them. So I think with the sequel and a little more exploration and maybe a little bit more, uh, I don't know, the story. I think like the story kind of set up for a fun adventure, but it ended up kind of taking a right turn. Um, considering what you're supposed to go find, you know, other Jedi that survived Order sixty six, right? Yeah. And you mm. really didn't do that at all. Well, I mean, I think the weakest part was Cal as a character. Um, and like, I liked his journey, but I didn't like, he wasn't that strong of a character, you know, as compared to some of the other characters we've had in the Star Wars IP. So we've, we've talked about this when they announced it. We talked about this all throughout, you know, when we were playing Jedi Fallen Order. But the colon is after Jedi. It's not Fallen Order, whatever. So... Um, if they do a sequel, it doesn't have to be Fallen Order. It could be a completely new protagonist who's also a Jedi, different planet, different species, whatever. They can go down so many different paths to do that. 
that's what I'm excited about. I, I feel like the sequel will not be focused on Cal Kestis. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Um, talking to you recently about Elden Ring, I can't, I just now realized that Star Wars Fallen Order is the first Souls-like Souls-like game I've ever played and, well, beaten. Um, so yeah, there's that. But, I mean, I would like it to keep the same protagonist. Um, maybe they just will give him a more, uh, impactful role in the, in the plot, I guess, maybe. I don't really know. Um, because he, you know, I I can't really... Don't want to say anything about it. You guys should play it and find out. But um, I just feel like the sequel seems like his role will be a lot more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, impactful. Not impactful, but he'll have to like do more, I guess. Like as a <laughs> as a Jedi, I guess, like that. So yeah, it'll be it'll be like a large scale if they keep uh, keep up with him. Yeah. Um, it's just see a Grogu cameo or something. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think it would be better if they kept the same protagonist because then you don't have to spend any time in the new game building the backstory of another protagonist. At least you already kind of already have the foundation, and you can kind of go from there. And everybody kind of knows who this character is and what they've like what led them to this point. You don't need to re reestablish. You don't need to establish anything different. You can just keep building now. I feel like you can Assassin's Creed the franchise where it doesn't have to be the same protagonist every time. It'll it'll make kind of free you up to explore different planets, different timelines, different situations without having it somehow you know fit in with this protagonist. You know, it kind of opens up yeah. narratively a little bit, gives you a little. It bit just depends on I guess when they want to move the timeline. If it's picking up exactly right where Fallen Order left off, does it go deeper into the future, something like that? So. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited with like you know we we all beat this right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So the reason we all beat this, even though none of us are souls people, is because the story was compelling enough. It's a property that we, you know, connect with. We all like Star Wars outside of just video games. So the fact that that story thread allowed you to kind of keep pushing when you would have normally stopped in a different property like uh, Bloodborne or Dark Souls or what have you. Um, Sekiro, I know some people had some. Yeah, like Sekiro is a tough game to get through. I stopped that after two hours, so <laughs> not even. <anything. laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I don't. I hope they don't change much about the gameplay. I think you should keep that same uh, thing. I think I might even switch the difficulty up a little bit, to- a little bit more when I play the the sequel. Um, obviously, like make gameplay improvements, but you don't need to change it up and make it easier. Or, Anything like that, but I'm I'm really excited for that because, you know, I trust Respawn. So, yeah, that's pretty much all we wanted to talk about there. And then our last not-so-news topic was the announcement that GTA 6... Nope. What? It was not the announcement no. of GTA 6. What do you mean? <laughs> so I guess it's not GTA 6, but there is a new GTA that's well underway in its development. We're all kind of assuming it's GTA 6. So Grand Theft Auto, well, Grand Theft Auto had a community update where they kind of detailed GTA 5 current gen. We all knew this was coming this year. Um, This is the Xbox Series X and the PS5 and I'm sure PC version of GTA 5. So re-releasing it for the, what, third time (laughs) or fourth time? I don't know what we're at. fourth time at this point. 
Um, but basically, it's detailing it's going to have 4K 60 FPS on the current gen consoles. It's going to take into account faster loading and you know, like all the bells and whistles of the current generation. Uh, I think they said on PS5 it's going to have the uh, controller support and all of that. Um, HDR, ray tracing, immersive 3D audio, all of that. Um, whatever you would expect from a normal current gen game coming out, it's going to take advantage of all that. Um, they also said there's they're adding improvements to GTA Online, so hopefully it doesn't take seven loading screens and then all of this shit for you to get into a session with your friends. Hopefully they fix that because God knows they have the money to do that. Have you guys played GTA Online before? Uh, not since the PlayStation 3. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did on the Xbox One when it was on Game Pass. Yeah, so you, you guys know the the difficulty it had early on and how hard it was to get, like, you would be in the loading screen in the clouds, and then it would put you in a game, and then you'd be like, wait, are you in this session? No? Oh, fuck, we gotta go back. And then we tried to do heists, and that was just a pain, too. So, hopefully, they fixed all of that, and they've made that, all those, like, technical improvements. They said they're also allowing you to skip the story mode and go straight to online, because apparently in GTA Five you had to play up to a certain moment in the story mode before going into online. Uh, and then there was like a, a tutorial for GTA online, which they've completely removed and revamped. And now you're able to, um, you'll have instant access to the career builder, which will let you choose from one of the four illicit businesses of biker executive nightclub owner or gun runner. And then it'll give you a sizable GTA cash windfall and to help select property for your uh, property, high-end vehicle, and firepower required to kickstart this enterprise. So it's kind of just giving you the tools you need to have fun right away in GTA Online, which I think is very smart because that original tutorial was not great. And then you, you had started off where you're like, oh, yeah, pick a car. And it's like it had to be a, a really cheap car that you had to like steal and all of this shit. So this is just kind of getting you into the fun as quickly as possible. So that's all GTA five current gen. That's all well and good. But the very last paragraph of this announcement, I'm going to read it to like read it word for word here and then we'll kind of discuss it. So with the unprecedented longevity of GTA five, we know many of you have been asking about a new entry in the grand theft auto series with every new project we embark on. Our goal is to always, our goal is to always significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. And we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. So, they didn't say GTA 6. GTA 6. It's GTA 6. It could be <laughs> Liberty City or you know something or else. like a like San a Andreas kind of had. thing. Yeah, like San Andreas, Vice City. We've had those spinoffs. It could be that. It could be like a standalone campaign because when GTA 5 came out, they were promising story DLC that never came out because they got so much money from GTA Online. <laughs> I think if they did this and it wasn't GTA 6, people would riot. Like, Not necessarily. If you give us something the size of Vice City or San Andreas, people would eat that up. People have been asking for GTA 6 specifically for so long. I, I mean, like the, the boss. <laughs> those people will be fine with a, a spin-off GTA, I think. But this is the first time they've confirmed, like we all knew a sequel was in development, but this is the first time they've confirmed it. Um, it's kind of weird that they did it here 
you would expect it to be at like a major conference or, uh, you know, an E3 presentation or something like that. What, what do you guys think is the benefit of doing it here? Is this just a, you guys can shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're working on it. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> like, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like this is still a long ways away. I think we, we don't get it before 2024 minimum, I think. Oh yeah. I don't think it's happening soon. Like just by saying development is well underway, but what does that mean? Like, like they're not sitting there saying that it's like it's not in pre-development. It's just it's right, like exactly. Like I will say, Chance does not get the points for his prediction two, three podcasts ago. Whenever we did that, because he said GTA Six will be announced. Well, I don't even need to talk about it. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, just you know, don't con- con- conveniently forget about the other predictions we made that just got lost. That's I had a lot called. of those right, and I guess we'll just throw those underneath the rug. But yeah, I got it wrong, so no points for me. I mean, you haven't gotten it right yet. If they do, before the end of the year, come out with a, a logo for GTA 6, you'll get the points then. But I got it right before. Whatever. <laughs> That's all in the past, Chance. You gotta move on. <laughs> He's so despondent. Uh, yeah, so... GTA 6 or GTA spinoff coming out soon. And by soon, I mean a really long time away. <laughs> Are you guys interested in GTA 5 current gen at all? No. I'd like to go back to it. It has been uh, almost a decade. Oh, March 15th, by the way, they said. I don't know if we ever said that date. Go ahead. Especially if it comes to Game Pass. then. So with it being on current gen, would I be able to play with my friends who are on Xbox One? I think so. Because we were talking about just like kind of hopping into GTA to do like those like fun like. Um, Question is, why do you have friends that are still on Xbox One? Well, I mean, I'm sorry, Pat. Some people don't want to spend money on a Series X. And PS4 like and Xbox One players eager to continue their journey in the newest generation of hard- hardware will be able to transfer both their GTA story mode progress and their current gen online character with a one time migration at launch. That makes me think there's not going to be cross gen. They haven't said it. Feels so. bad. Yeah, I think you're going to have to pay for this. So I, I bought GTA on 360, and then like three years later, I bought it on Xbox One. I'm not buying it a third time. I've never bought it, so. How the fuck were you playing then? <laughs> it was on Game Pass. It's not anymore. It's not anymore. I have to buy it now if I wanted to play it. This is probably going to be a $70 purchase, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which is criminal. It's fun to, it's fun to watch uh, streamers like RP. And it kind of makes me want to play, but... The people I would want to play with are on Xbox One. So I wouldn't even be able to, like... It would do me no good buying the Series X version. Tell them to get a Series X and then get Game Pass. You're telling me to... Some of them have Game Pass, but you're telling me to tell them to buy a whole console that it's constantly selling out within minutes. What are their names? Okay, so we've got Ian, we've got Matt, we've got Aaron, we've got Isaac, obviously. Ian, Matt... Aaron, Isaac, get a Series X. Come on, what are you doing with your life? Sell a kidney. Befriend Pat. That's what I did. Alrighty. Let's dive into our topic of show. So obviously, January couldn't end without more major news coming out in the video game world. So, at the very end of January, on Monday, January 31st, Sony announced its acquisition of Bungie. Uh, which sent shockwaves throughout the the gaming world in the aftermath of the Xbox 
We're trying to hype it up here, man. It's an arms race. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it let's, is like, like, let, let's at least try. Can we at least try to pretend that it is on the scale of the Activision? Yeah. Uh, so I saw a figure acquisition by Xbox. I saw a figure uh, that last year the price of all the acquisitions in 2021 was 86 billion. With yeah. these three acquisitions, we're at 85, and that's right. uh, Take Two buying Zanga. Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard King, and then now Sony, Sony buying Bungie. Just wait till Nintendo buy, buys Valve. I'm excited about that one. Oh, that <laughs> would be insane. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and uh, when Microsoft buys Sega, um, come on, <laughs> just Sonic, just Sonic, <laughs> just Sonic. Um, so yeah, so that. Sony's acquisition of Bungie happened on Monday, January 31st, the announcement of it, I guess. There's, so it's not official yet, but it's going to happen. And that deal is valued at $3.6 billion. Obviously, that's not close to the number that Xbox acquired Activision for. The number is actually so vastly high that I, in my own brain, can't comprehend that number. That's a lot of lot of dollars. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about $3.6 billion being on the low end, that's just insane. <laughs> that's, that's madness. To yeah. me. Like, like, if you don't know... Bungie is the developer of Destiny, former developer of Halo. They were first party for Microsoft, bought themselves out, and I guess now they would technically be first party for Sony. It, it is a little odd that Bungie would agree to be bought, but I think we're going to talk about a little bit about that later. But yeah, so they were under Microsoft, and I think Microsoft was like, you're making Halo for the rest of the time you're here. And they didn't want to do that, so they bought themselves out, but they sold the Halo IP to, to Microsoft, so Microsoft got to keep that. Then they signed a 10-year deal with Activision for Destiny. And then they bought themselves out of that deal, but they got to keep the Destiny IP after like seven years. And then now they're bought by Sony. So quite a journey that they've had. Yeah. Kind of throughout that journey, they've been they've been doing pretty well for themselves, I would say. I think they've done a very good job. Uh, now... There, there were several statements, obviously, that kind of came out, so I just kind of wanted to go through those. Not all of them, but I just kind of put, like, the big ones from, from Sony and from Bungie themselves. So uh, there was a statement from Jim Ryan, for who is the uh, president and CEO of Sony Interactive, and uh, he said, Today I'm happy to announce Bungie will be joining the PlayStation family. First off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. As such, we believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization, and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaboration between these two world-class groups. I've spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and the Bungie management team to develop the right relationships where they will be fully backed and supported by Sony Interactive Entertainment and enabled to do what they do best, build incredible worlds that captivate millions of people. Bungie's world-class expertise in multi-platform development and live game services will help us deliver on our vision of expanding PlayStation to hundreds of millions of gamers. Bungie is a great innovator and has developed incredible proprietary tools that will help PlayStation Studios achieve new heights under Herman Hulst's leadership. Yeah, so first when I heard this news breaking, I'm like, okay, look, obviously Destiny 2 is not going to be removed from other platforms. That's going to stay multi-platform. But I'm like, Destiny 3 or whatever other IP is coming out of Bungie is going to be exclusive to PlayStation. Maybe PlayStation and PC, but most likely just PlayStation. Because that's just, that's Sony's MO. They've done that before. Right. 
they're very big on exclusives. So that was my thinking. And then I read the statement where he's like, Bungie is going to remain a independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. And I'm like, what? That is very un-Sony-like. Right. Well, then it comes down to whether or not you actually believe them. I do, based on what they're saying here, because Pete Parsons also had a statement, if you want to read that. Yeah. So Pete Parsons, who is the CEO of Bungie, he said, quote, we believe games have limitless potential and that to do anything worthwhile in entertainment, we must bet big on our vision, on our studio, and on our incredible team of trusted creators who build unforgettable worlds that truly matter to people. In Sony, we have found a partner who unconditionally supports us in all we are and who wants to accelerate our vision to create generation-spanning entertainment, all while preserving the creative independence that beats in Bungie's hearts. Like us, Sony believes that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IPs can become. Together, we share a dream of creating and fostering iconic franchises that unite friends around the world, families across generations, and fans across multiple platforms and entertainment mediums. Today, Bungie begins our journey to become a global multimedia entertainment company. So there's a lot to kind of unpackage in that statement, which isn't very long. Um, the first thing is that um, they don't want to stick in just the video game realm. There's a explicit vision of wanting to go beyond just video games. They want to go into other mediums of entertainment. Clearly, they have a like a mantra, like a pillar like their principles of being independent um bungie's been very much like that like pat how you were saying kind of their timeline they like to do their own thing that's really important to them so them saying that in the statement kind of like doubling down on kind of what Sodi said like we're independent and we want to stay that way um while collaborating with sony but we want to be able to have the power to do our own shit and the fact that their history, you know, they've been owned, they've had contracts, and now they're being owned again. I think this deal was meticulously crafted for Bungie to get the freedom that they want. I don't think they would have signed this deal if it wasn't, we're allowed to do what we want, we're allowed to p- publish wherever we want. In fact, there's a Q&A on Bungie.net that you can go to. Um, it's funny because the, the title of it is, uh, we're in charge of our own destiny. <laughs> and... Uh, Uh, One of the questions is, Bungie has future games in development. Will they now become PlayStation exclusives? And the answer is no. We want the worlds we are creating to extend to anywhere people play games. We will continue to be self-published, creatively independent, and will continue to drive one unified Bungie community. So there is unannounced projects within Destiny or within Bungie that they were hiring for. We had uh, job listings and stuff previously talking about an action game. Um, I think they signed a deal with, or they got funded by uh, NetEase, um, got them an influx of, influx of cash to fund another new IP. So uh, those games that are still in development will be multi-platform. So I'm, I'm thinking you will get them on Xbox uh, and PC and Sony. Um, the benefit, you, you could be asking, like, why did Sony just pay $3.6 billion then? Well, first of all, that gets you a revenue revenue stream from you know everything Destiny makes now is going into PlayStation's pockets, and it gets you, uh, it gets you the 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 guarantee that nobody else is going to buy Bungie and take that revenue stream away from you. Right. And the biggest thing here is the live service tools and development 
and like the the expertise that Bungie has in multiplayer, multi-platform live service games. Because as we know, Bungie's had a journey. Like when they launched Destiny, Destiny One, that was such an interesting concept, but it had like never been done. Um, at least on the console space, you've had like World of Warcraft and stuff like that. But making that into a first-person shooter, and we we had our own. Like they created basically a genre. We started calling those shared world shooters, which you know other franchises started trying to do and replicate and stuff. Uh, with uh, what was the Ubisoft one? Division. Uh, they they stumbled a bit, but they had great success in the end. Destiny Two is still being played by like a massive amount of people. It's still making money on microtransactions. It's still making money on expansions that are people like people are selling. I was uh, hooked on Destiny One <laughs> for a while there. Uh, I'm four years clean and sober. <laughs> right. I haven't played Destiny 2 because of what Destiny 1 did to me from like an addiction standpoint. Exactly. Like, yeah, I, knew, it's, it's I know if I go play it, I will get so locked in, I will not let it go. It became a job. Yeah, I would be like, okay, I got to do this for my one character. I got to do this. I got to do the right. dailies and weeklies and all that stuff. It's so good, though. Like, Yeah. And so they, they have the know-how how to do that. And we all know PlayStation has been focusing mostly on like single player uh story driven third person action games not really multiplayer um they've had multiplayer games in the past but nothing on the scale of like destiny or um you know even you know Microsoft with Halo like Killzone and all the stuff were supposed to be the Halo killer on like Resistance and uh I think Mag and stuff like that were supposed to be the Halo killers for PlayStation None of that amounted to anything. So then they're like, okay, Call of Duty is our multiplayer game. We're going to have a a deal with Call of Duty. They're going to have stuff come to us exclusive and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure they heard rumblings about this deal that Microsoft was having um, by God Activision. So this was just a way for them to be like, okay, we need people who know how to make a multiplayer game and know how to make it well. How do we get them under the Sony umbrella? And this was the way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no way they would have sat there and been blindsided by the Activision news. Yeah. There's no way like a deal that big. Especially Activision. You know, Activision was wanting to be bought. So they were probably going right. to all of these people. They just got outbid and they're like, we can't yeah, afford exactly. Activision. So right. what do we do? So it's not the start because it's been happening. But now it's like officially an acquisitions arms race now. These uh, acquisitions being announced within such short times of each other. What's funny is this was 3.6 billion last or no 2020 end of 2020. Uh, Microsoft announced the Bethesda acquisition for 7.5. So Bethesda cost twice as much as Bungie. And I know Bungie is a huge studio, but they're one studio with one IP compared to Bethesda with it's like six or seven studios and huge and a bunch IP, of IP there. Stuff. So um, I think it's, these game developers and publishers are increasing in price. So if Bungie had held on to like three years from now, they probably could have gotten 10 billion. So, you know, we're going to start seeing yeah. a lot of like, could that be, could that be something that this would end up being like speaking on that? This could be like a bang for your buck value now. Yeah. Especially with in, inflation, inflation's increasing right now too. So all these corporations that have money in the bank, that money's sitting there losing value. If you put that money into a developer, that that's just going to increase on your investment. Your return on investment three years, four years down the line is going to be 
right. so much more. So instead of keeping that money there, losing value, you want to spend it. You want to get these new revenue streams, new IP, anything to increase your uh, your actual monetary value there. But I think we're going to see a lot more acquisitions. Even uh, was it Herman Holst or who? Oh yeah, Jim Ryan confirmed that they're not like you should expect more oh, acquisitions yeah. coming from Sony. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, it is kind of an arms race right now because the situation with the pandemic and inflation increasing and everything is kind of doing that. Plus, the more you do this, the more studios are like, hey, Bungie got $3.6 billion. How much right, do you think we can we get? get as, you know, CG, CG Project Red or, you know, right, Ubisoft, what have you. But uh, yeah, so I think we're going to see a lot more of these. Um Kind of going back to that Bungie deal, um, what does Bungie get out of this? Obviously, they get more financial security. They said they're going to hire more people, which is, you know, Bungie's already a huge studio. So them hiring more, probably going to be working on multiple titles at the same time. And then uh, they said they also want their properties to go past games. And Sony has a movie studio. They're doing a lot more, you know, movies, TV shows, stuff like that. So um destiny is probably going to have a movie or a tv show coming down the line here soon whatever new ip they come up with in the next couple of years i'm sure there's already talks about making that into a movie tv show multimedia platform somehow so you know sony's going to help them with that they're going to help sony doing live service multiplayer games um so a lot of people are like this is sony's response to the to acquisition of Activision, I don't think that's what this is. I think you can most readily compare this to Microsoft buying Mojang back in like, what, 2013, 2014? Minecraft was a huge property game, one studio with a huge IP that they bought and didn't make exclusive. That's on everything. That's revenue streams for them coming, whatever. And their money came from merchandising and Minecraft mugs and all of this stuff and um, making sequels and stuff. Uh, even what was the Minecraft Legends or Minecraft? Uh, Dungeons. Dungeons. Uh, even that, when that released, however many years later, that was on everything. That was on PlayStation. That was on, I think that was on Switch and PC. So I think, uh, yeah, this is Sony's version of the Minecraft acquisition. So very interesting to see Sony do that because that's not something Sony normally does. They also said, I don't know if you have this in the outline or not, but Sony also said that they want to have 10 live service games by what was the year? 2025. Yeah. They want to have 10 live service games by 2025. And right now they have none. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah. a lot of games in the pipeline. Yeah. You got you to gotta expect some of those are, going to be coming out soon maybe last of us factions is going to be one of those oh destiny is probably they're probably counting destiny in there because that's now their revenue stream bungie's next game maybe in the next two three years is going to be there i don't know maybe they have deals with uh third parties or maybe they have internal studios working on multiplayer games but it seems like sony is going to be more multiplayer focused which is Something Microsoft usually was, at least in the last generation. Um, but right. now you see Microsoft doing RPGs and single-player games. So it's almost like a turning of the tides here. I mean, I don't know. I mean, personally, 
you can't really hold a candle to the Activision acquisition, but uh, I mean, they're trying their hardest. Um, I know they're going. I think they'll still respond to the Activision acquisition. It's just not yet. They're probably in talks with somebody right now. Yeah. Or people might. Yeah. Like you said, I think someone mentioned like how they might look to sell themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, Sony's looking to pick up some stuff. Let's uh, get as much money as uh, we can out of them kind of thing. So yeah. Um, what would be another company that would like rival the Activision one? Like, what would be the first one you think they would go for or should go for? Sony? Um, I think Sony needs more studios because I think their studios are doing shit themselves. You don't want your studios doing uh, multiplayer stuff. stuff when your studios are well known to do single player, you know, that could be bad. So when you say that, it sounds like like Ubisoft would be one of the first ones to go for. Maybe they have a lot of their own studios. They have obviously. a lot of live service games too, like uh siege. For the division Honor, is theirs, right? For honor division riders Republic. Isn't Assassin's Creed going to go that way? Assassin's Creed is infinity is what the uh, rumor was that they are doing yeah. a live service model for that. But that would be something easy, right? You pick them up, you throw them under the umbrella, but they don't need to change like their functionality. They mm-hmm. have their their whole infrastructure set up. Yeah, you don't need to make them multi-platform, or you don't need to make them exclusive. They can still... Like, you don't want to take away that revenue stream for Assassin's Creed and all these games that are already out. Do you guys think every Bungie game now is going to still continue to be multi-platform, or do you think there's going to be some exclusives? Uh, maybe their new, I think there'll their, be some exclusives. Their new IP might be exclusive. But like, would Bungie be okay with that? Like, that's the thing. Would Bungie yeah. be okay? Like with Destiny, that? Destiny three will be exclusive. I, I don't think Destiny but... three is. No, Destiny three is definitely going to be multi-platform. Yeah, yeah it's too big 3. of a franchise. Yeah, like surely it's it's one of those things like you said with how Bungie probably went about creating this contract. The contract. They they are not afraid to buy themselves out of a contract and be like, we're just going to go do our own thing. Yeah. So Sony would have to be aware of that and be like, well, we don't want you to leave us at any point in time. So we want to make sure we can appease them as much as we can. Yeah. I think most of the stuff coming out of Bungie is going to be multi-platform. But if next year, when the Activision Blizzard deal closes and Microsoft's like, the next Call of Duty is just us, just Game Pass, I think Sony's going to be like, okay, Bungie, we want you to make a new team, hire up, make a new team, and that team is going to work on SOCOM or kill zone or whatever like we want you to use our ip to make an exclusive shooter with your know-how and i think that game is going to be exclusive but it's not going to be like a main bungee thing you know right like that way they don't need to like sacrifice too many of their own resources they'll hire a whole new team specifically for that that way they can still kind of do what they want to do but have another team dedicated but you still have the know-how from bungee who knows how to make a good shooter right then you're going to have a Halo killer from the people who made Halo. So. Right. <laughs> That'd be very interesting. Um, That's the way to do it. What do you guys think this means for for gamers now? Now that it's like, because now the arms race isn't about, it's not about the consoles or the hardware. It's clearly about content and what each place can provide or like what they can provide, what they can play. So what do you think this means for consumers now? Because obviously a lot of people are talking about, is this like, a bit a major step for PlayStation creating their own like kind of Game Pass service. Um, so what could that mean for gamers then? I just I, I don't see. I, I know the way down in the future that's going to be, you know, there's going to be a, a PlayStation subscription, there's going to be an Xbox subscription, there might be like an EA subscription or 
whichever companies survive. Right now, I don't know if PlayStation's even considering making a subscription service to rival Game Pass. I know there's the rumors of uh, Spartacus or whatever, but I think that's just going to be them saying like, we like what Nintendo's doing, having people subscribe to play games, old games, backwards compatibility, instead of selling them outright. So we're going to do that. I think that's what they're looking at, not Game Pass. So... Do you think that's right? I feel like they should be looking at Game Pass and trying to do something. I think they should, but I feel like they're like these are decisions made years ago that are starting to to come to light. But they well, like they have the capability. They, they have, have the capability. Titles. They have right, and don't you think like But like I think this, Sony's looking at the profits and they're like, Do we want to go through a period where we're losing money on a subscription? instead of making millions on selling our exclusive games that already sell super well. But that's like, cause that's what the... Microsoft's doing. Microsoft has not been profiting from game pass because they're all the money that's coming from game Pass is being funneled right in to get more exclusive games. Not until that they have like the subscriber account that like is huge that they can raise the price when people are already like locked in. Do they start making the money right. like Netflix model? So, I don't know if Sony's prepared to do that right now. Is Microsoft like there's they're Microsoft are at a stage now where they're making money off Game Pass, right? Or are they still not profiting? Uh, I think they're still not profitable off Game Pass yet. They, they're at that's 20, insane with the amount of million. people they have. Yeah, I think it was twenty five million yeah, subscribers. Like I feel like if they get to like thirty to forty million, that's when they can really start making a good revenue off of that and. You know, maybe they'll increase the price a couple years down the line and then, you know, kind of like what Netflix did. Um, right now, I think all the money that's coming from Game Pass is being funneled right in to make those third-party deals. Like getting Extraction Day 1, getting Back for Blood. Um, there was like six games this January. And then, you know, February, you're going to have more. So that's just That's just taking the hit early, right, yeah. for the long-term play. Yeah, Obviously. that's how you but like. Do it. If, that's exactly. but if Sony wants to compete, they would have to start that sooner rather than later because you don't want to be put in a position where you're so far behind that it doesn't matter what you do, you won't be able to keep up. Yeah. Because then, because then Xbox could just like respond, oh, well, they're starting this. Well, now we just add more amenities or add more stuff, and then you'll never catch. Yeah, especially with the amount of studios that they have now, or I guess when this Activision deal closes, they'll have like thirty-two. If they get those on a cycle where you have a major game every month, month or every two months, mad. then that'd yeah, be insane. That value is insane. I mean, I don't see a future where I unsubscribe from Game Pass. I, I do definitely see a future where Spartacus comes out and I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want Spartacus right now. <laughs> Would there be like a price cap where they increase Game Pass and you'd be like, I'm not going to do this anymore? <laughs> If they're like tomorrow, it's forty bucks a month. I'll be like, you know what, forty. I'm good. I mean, it's only fifteen right now, right? That's a huge jump. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that huge jump, then I'd be like, ah. Eh. Like I think like twenty five. Like I'd go up to twenty. I mean, ne- if next year they're like it's twenty bucks a month, and then four years down the line they're like twenty five, and then another four years they're like it's thirty five. Well, I'll then like, I only got another four years left of. Got, you're pushing it. Another eight right. years. Another eight years left of ultimate. Then I'm done. It's it's like the frog in the water scenario. You know, they if they if you increase the temperature right away, the frog's gonna know and jump out. But if you slowly increase the temperature, the frog's gonna stay in there a while. 
So we are the frogs in that scenario. What was I saying? So it's like, so it's $180 if you do the $15 a month. It's $180 a year. So with games being like roughly $60 for like a major game, AAA, you need to play three games a year to make your money back on it, which is more than doable. You have to play Um, more than three to get a benefit. Yeah, it's play more than three to get a benefit, but that doesn't count the smaller games that you wouldn't have no- normally played. Nobody saves the world. Like the $20 games like that. Okay, well, I'm Gorgoa. playing more of those now. Pedestrian. Exactly. So then it's like, what number per year would I be like, I'm not now going to match what I would have done? And that's the thing. And 270 a year isn't terrible. That's 2250 a month. If they charge 270 a year, I feel like those are games that I'm still going to get I would have gotten if I didn't have Game Pass. You know, the next thing from Bethesda, the next thing from Arcane, the next thing from Three Four Three or uh, Obsidian or you know whatever. Like those are games I would have gotten anyway. So if I'm just putting that money into Microsoft from a subscription as opposed to piecemeal, I mean to me that's justified. But I could totally see some other people. It's hard to argue like. Or to look at it, like there's like so much potential value based on content. Yeah, I mean, even if they give you eight major first-party games a year, which let's say the seventy-dollar games at that point, that's five sixty a year. Right. Would I be okay with paying that? I'm like, if I'm doing the math, probably they'd have the they'd have to have the content to match that, and I think they're not going to do that till they have the content to match it. So right. I don't think they need to increase the price that much for it to be that profitable, though. I mean, look at Netflix. I don't. What's Netflix's user numbers? But in but so for right now, those two hundred twenty-two million monthly <laughs> subscribers. So two twenty-two times what did they just increase it to twenty? Sounds right. That is like four billion four hundred forty million a month. So for almost almost four four point five billion dollars a month that they're making. Yeah, but if you think about so how much money that games. they spend in making original content, their profit is probably somewhere in like the one to two billion mark. But that's still a huge amount of profit. So I think even charging twenty to thirty dollars a month, like Microsoft's going to make a bank. They just need to get their subscriber numbers up. Not that so I guess from well, back to back to Sony now, we just don't anticipate. I guess you're saying, Pat, you don't anticipate them having a Game Pass subscription esque service anytime soon. No, I think the if, rumors of Spartacus are relying on that backwards compatibility, the same way Nintendo does. So they want they're they're looking at Nintendo as opposed to looking at Xbox. I would agree that it'd be like what Pat's saying that if they do do something, it's going to be more like Nintendo with its virtual consoles. But it's kind of hard to do a Game Pass, especially with like the versatility that comes with it. Like I could play the same games on my PC, on my Series X, or on my phone, like yeah. wherever. Um, PlayStation tends to be a little bit more, uh, I think, uh, cautious but- about kind of spreading their wings too much. Yeah, they're just now starting to dip their toes into PC. Like if they yeah. do a Game Pass like thing, you know, you're not going to be able to play all those games on PC because Half of them aren't even on PC, so right. So they're almost stuck by like, based on like the rigidity of their own. They have hardware. to go to like 2014, 2015 Xbox. Start saying like, yeah, everything's coming to PC day and date. 
we're investing in cloud start slow and build up to where xbox is now so they're like four or five years behind so i don't see them making a true game pass competitor for at least that amount of time and that's if they start right now so i think right now they're just looking at nintendo and they're like how do we get money out of our users for backwards compatibility because backwards compatibility there's a lot of nostalgia for playstation one and two games and Mm -hmm. three absolutely so if you can monetize that instead of getting a couple million people to buy what's the guy that you really like the raccoon oh sly cooper sly Sly cooper Cooper so high so instead of getting a couple million people to buy sly cooper for three to five bucks because i don't think you can sell the original without touching it up uh, to do that, I think they're just going to be like, okay, you're now streaming it for 10 bucks a month or whatever. And they'll slowly keep adding games like Nintendo is to keep people subscribed longer. Right. I, I, I don't think they'll compete with the way Xbox is doing it by, you know, adding in resolution and FPS boosts, or I don't think they're going to go back and add trophies or you know stuff like that to those games. I think it's just going to be bare bones. You know, this is how Nintendo's doing it. This is how we're going to do it. And uh, right. looking back at PlayStation 1, PlayStation, PlayStation 2 era games, honestly, a lot of them have just been redone. Like, I was thinking, like, okay, cool. What are my favorite PlayStation 1 games? Well, like, what? Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8. I have access to all of those, even on Xbox. And then PlayStation 2, trying to think of Final Fantasy 12. They made a new, uh, that medieval game, but the skeleton guy. Yep. That was a remake, yeah. Yeah, even like Kingdom Hearts and like Final Fantasy, like all of those are available on, I can get them on my Xbox. So I'm really wondering like what they're going to grab for, like Metal Gear Solid 1? Probably, like, yeah. It, 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 that's been redone on the GameCube. I'm sure I could find a copy of Metal Gear Solid 1 somehow, like maybe on PC, but um, yeah, yeah it's they're just like they, late they're, to the, the party there. Yeah. And it's not going to be as convenient as it as it is for Xbox. Like I don't think Sony's going to invest this much to allow you to get your PS1 discs and put them in your PS5 and then now they work. No way. Sony right. wants you to pay 5 bucks a month as opposed to yeah. grab your discs and we don't see any of that profit. So Yeah, if you're expecting the same as Xbox and Sony, I don't think that's happening. Um yeah, we went from talking about Bungie to <laughs> talking about Spartacus, but 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 it makes sense given kind of like the ecosystem it looks like they're they're trying to build now. It's cool to see and saying that they're gonna have more acquisitions, obviously they're moving to expanding the umbrella that they have. So I think it's I think it's definitely a topic worth worthy of discussion. When so here's a question for you guys. When do you think the next big acquisition gets announced? Do you think it's this year? If so, like when? Next next month. Next month. Next month. By who? Who's no wait. That? April. It'll be April, April. around your birthday. Okay, so like so obviously like we talked about, so Sony knows or would have known that like Activision is obviously selling itself. They're not gonna be able to afford it. They surely at that time are like, Okay, well how can we compete? So they would have started shopping. Oh yeah, there there's definitely talks happening right now. I don't So think... they would want to announce it this year, right? If they or can get timing, a deal not necessarily finalized. matter. Like if they can get a deal finalized, then yeah, you announce it this year. But is that feasible, like for something that size? If they were talking to Square Enix two months ago, and Square Enix like, yeah, I mean that makes sense. And we're not 
a hundred percent sure if our books could work it out. Um, but you know, our lawyers are discussing it. And then this Activision deal comes up. It's like, Hey, Activision was 68 billion. You know, Sony was only offering us five. I think we're worth 15. Uh, so I think, <laughs> I think those talks are probably going to be a little, a little more murky now. Yeah. Everybody's more, more expensive right now. I think right. like the more these acquisi- acquisitions come out, the more expensive these studios are going to get. Is is the price for Bungie surprising? Or is that about accurate? I mean... I, I it, thought it was low, personally. In my opinion, it was, it was a little high. Yeah, it's high. Yeah. I mean, all I know from them is Bungie... Or all I know from them is Destiny. Like, that's all they have. <laughs> it's one studio. Granted, they're a large studio, but it's one studio with one major IP. Yeah, I wasn't looking at it so much as like... The, the, the volume of stuff you were getting, but more of just kind of like, you know, the quality of work. I mean, Bethesda was 7.5. That's just Bethesda double. And Bethesda has the same critical and commercial success commercial as, De- as Destiny, I think. And right. you have like seven studios there with all of this IP. You get Fallout and Skyrim or Fallout and Elder Scrolls on top of Doom and, you know, Wolfenstein and all that arcane i I just wasn't sure what i was expecting because obviously like again the number is so big i guess when you see it in comparison to like activision and i'm not comparing bungie to activision in scope of like what they do obviously but i guess i was expecting the number to be higher if this was like it's going to be something to compete with that but it's obviously not a direct comparison between the two i think we're going to see more of these type of acquisitions from sony where it's just like it's not a publisher it's not a huge you know, it's not 2K or anything. Like they're not going to hit the grand slam, or they're going to hit a bunch yeah. of singles. So there goes my, my my prediction. Friday, March 18th. Oh, I got a Sony date. buys. Yeah, Sony buys CD Projekt Red for 10. I could see Sony buying CD Projekt Red, but I could also see Microsoft buying CD Projekt Red. Um, I was thinking like Hello Games, the people who did uh, No Man's Sky, another live service game. I could see Sony buying them um i think microsoft's gonna try and get more publishers but i don't think they're gonna do any major moves this year because they're already being like under scrutiny from the activision deal so i think this was their one and only this year kind of like how bethesda was their one and only last year do you think sony could pull off a ubisoft scope deal in the next couple years or even this year they'd have to you know get a loan but there's, I'm sure there's companies willing to loan Sony the money based on just their market cap and revenue coming in. So it's possible. I just don't see. Honestly, I think they would do EA before Ubisoft, mainly because they already have that kind of deal with EA. They seem to be pretty good friends. I know EA is a lot fucking bigger. That'll be like the probably the biggest fucking one. That'd be like what? Like, would you double the price of the Activision? No, I don't think you get near Activision. Like, is, it would EA's acquisition be bigger than Activision's? Are you talking about monetarily or? Yeah, money wise. No. If we look at. Especially since it was Activision Blizzard. Like. Uh, okay, yeah. Blizzard's that's fucking big. That's true. Yeah. I was I, I was looking solely at Activision. Yeah, there's the there is the whole Blizzard part of that too. <laughs> and King. King is huge. And King, yeah. So Electronic Arts market cap is $38.95 billion. If we look at Activision Blizzard, their market cap was sixty-one point seven three billion. So I, I would say, you know, 
with the prices going up after this type of acquisition, it might be like 40 to 50 billion for EA if somebody would to buy were to buy them. I, I just don't see that being as strong of an investment for Sony as something like you know, Hello Games. They can they can use Hello Games to make No Man's Sky movies and TV shows, but also get their teams working on live service games and trading resources, kind of like how they're doing with Bungie. I'm interested now. I'm looking at the uh, largest video game companies by market cap. If you look at Ubisoft, it's actually pretty affordable compared to these. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Ubisoft is 7.16 billion. Yeah, is its market cap. Like that's more than doable. I mean, even like they have. I mean, I don't know how feasible these are, but just kind of looking at the the, the numbers, like Take Two is twenty, Bandai Namco sixteen, Square Enix is five point nine four, CD Projekt Red is only four point six three billion. Only, yeah, only 4. But if you billion. think about it, they're like okay. Prices are going up because mo- people want to make acquisitions. They want to answer for the Activision one. So I think Square would be like 15 for us if you want. Like that's that's when we come to the table. So it's it's really a a seller's market at this yeah. point. Yeah, it was it was right. good for uh, Microsoft to jump on it first before you know like big deal and come out the like, gate oh, with a huge deal like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Now, but Sony like not only do they have to respond, but now they have to get everyone at a higher price, and it kind of mm-hmm. they're kind of. Yeah, it's going to be hard for them. So I think we do see one major acquisition this year, and I think that's from either Amazon or Google, like somebody outside of the the big three. Do we know what Bungie's market cap was before they got bought? Bungie's a private company, so no. Oh, so we wouldn't know. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see if they overpaid the market cap or not. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I mean... Or by how much, I guess, they overpaid. Probably like a billion. Yeah. I'm sure this deal was in works before the Activision one, so I don't see them. You know, this right. was announced two weeks later. I don't. I think the the contracts and everything were already set, so right. it's not like they could have come. Like, damn, we should have waited a couple of weeks. We could have gotten another <laughs> couple billion, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going to be an interesting year. It kind of already has been an interesting year, so right. Yeah, a lot of like more of a business podcast than we are a gaming one at this point. Yeah, so does Nintendo make any acquisitions, you think? Do they Valve. finally buy the Pokemon Valve. company? They put a ring on it? Oh, yeah, why not? I think they own a third of it. They own a third of the Pokemon company. What if Sony would be like, we bought the Pokemon <laughs> We bought Pokemon. Pokemon <laughs> is a Sony exclusive on PlayStation 5. You're referring to Game Freak, right? Or are we just calling them the Pokemon Company? Because they have a name. No, it's the Pokemon Company. Game Game Freak is a developer, but it's under the okay, Pokemon you're Company. About, you're talking about the whole thing. Yeah, they're the ones making like okay. the the animes and all that shit. So um, Nintendo only owns a third of it, and that's why they get the exclusive games. Sony buys the other two thirds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sony could buy out that other third too if they come to a deal with you know, Nintendo. Has to come to the table, but. If they get the right price, maybe Nintendo sells. And then now they're like, all right, Pokemon's everywhere. And Game Freak is not the only ones developing it. We're going to make this 4K, 60 FPS. Could you imagine, Chance? Yeah, I mean, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty cool. Pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> awesome. I, th- I think this entire time Nintendo's like, you know what? We don't need to buy anyone. We got our franchises. We're doing fine. You know, Pokemon's selling 6 million copies in a week. We're good. I guess we'll talk about acquisitions later this year, I'm sure, but that's wrapping up our topic for today.
Subpar Subtitles. Wow! <laughs> All right, so Subpar Subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with, where I basically take the principle that game developers like naming their games franchise colon subtitle. For example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We play this at the end of most podcasts, not everyone. Sometimes we do skip it. Uh, And we keep score throughout the year. Uh, Last year's winner is Rick. But we're starting a brand new year. This is the first time in 2022 we're actually playing it because we've had some scheduling conflicts and stuff. Not everybody was available. And uh, we had the tuggies and everything. So um, we're starting our thing here. Zach, are you keeping score? Uh, Yes. Yep, I have like the uh, the notes on my phone. So. All right, so basically, I take five uh, subtitles and I read them to our panel here, and it's their job to figure out which one is the fake one. Everyone ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Necrophenomicon, insane in the mainframe, circus clown, the wild hunt, and ready to rumble. Read those again for those of you listening at home. Necrophenomicon, Insane in the Mainframe, Circus Clown, The Wild Hunt, and Ready to Rumble. Uh, Rick, you are our champion. Why don't you go first? I kind of want to go see Circus Clown. A, Necrophenomicon is also very tempting, but I'm going to go see Circus Clown. Circus Clown for Rick. Zach, you are a clown. What do you pick? Oh, 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 shit! <laughs> that was that was unprovoked. <laughs> but funny. There was there was no reason. What was B again? B is insane in the mainframe. I'm gonna go with that one. All right, insane for the, the clown. <laughs> Chance, your turn. What was the first one? Necrophenomicon. Oh, sorry, the third one. Circus clown. <laughs> Oh, wait, the fourth one. Oh, my God. The Wild Hunt. I'll go with that one. The Wild Hunt? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Answers are locked in. And now for the twist. So you have the option to either keep your answers and you will get three points if that is indeed correct. Or you can choose to say all real or all fake. If you say all real or all fake and that is indeed the case, you get double the points for a total of six. Zach, what do you pick? I'm staying. Zach is staying. Chance? I guess I have no choice but to stay, too. <laughs> Chance is staying. Rick? Oh, I'm really tempted to go all real, but let's stick with Circus Clown. All right, everyone's staying. You guys ready? Necrophenomicon. Not a real game. No way! Oh, my God. Insane in the mainframe. Not a real game. Circus Clown. Not a real game. The Wild Hunt. Not a real game. It's Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, by the way. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's a subtitle. No. I, no, Ready to I disagree. I disagree with this as a concept. <laughs> Ready to Rumble is not a real game. They were all fake. Ready to Rumble is a real game. Not not subtitle. Yeah, but what, The Wild Hunt is... No, he's saying it's wild just hunt. Wild Hunt. Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Yeah, it's called Wild Hunt. There's no the. That that's bullshit. I disagree with this. Like that's too. That's no. This is bullshit. Insane in the mainframe is an episode from Futurama. Yeah, and I yeah. So I was like, 
I was like, this is obviously it. And I was like, <laughs> but that's it's, the thing. That's ready BS, to rumble dude. is a common phrase. I'm the giving wild us hunt all, is I'm giving us all close to wild because hunt. it doesn't matter. Circus clown is a profession. And necrophenomicon is the thing I came up with as I was driving. Nice. <laughs> Ready to Rumble was a really sweet game. Where we're gonna need to have a we're gonna need to have a sit down and talk about the, uh, <laughs> I think the you guidelines guys need to play for this game and understand the titles of Witcher. If you had known Witcher, you would have known it's Wild Hunt, not the Wild Hunt. Oh, for God's sakes, man! Like, come on, <laughs> come on! I mean, <laughs> that is so unfair. <laughs> I love how you guys were like you put your hands in your head like you face palmed when Chance picked it because <laughs> you're like, yeah, oh, that's the real one. And I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> that's that's uh, a load of crap. Because there's no way we could sit there in any sort of confidence and say that they're all fake because of Wild Hunt. That's or the, the point. Wild Hunt. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> like that's total crap. We're gonna need, we're fake. gonna need to have a sit down no and discuss the guidelines. I've given us all points though. Congratulations, Chance and Rick. We all have three points. No, you don't. None of you have points. <laughs> we all picked a fake game. I've given us points. Bullshit. I have the scoreboard. Bullshit. This is the only way I can feel better about it. Nope, nope. Everyone's at zero. I will be taking three points from Zach. So all of us have. It doesn't matter if we are all at zero or all at three. Taking nine points no. away just for you trying to correct. <laughs> Take away nine. <laughs> Well, as far as our official scoreboard is concerned, we all have points. Good oh. job, everybody. You all have you, Chance and Rick have zero, and then Zach I have has negative, negative six. six. <laughs> yes. You want to make it negative fifteen? I'm actually like really upset right now. Like I'm actually like <laughs> Next time it's gonna be a wild hunt and you guys you guys will know. So. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, or concerns, or tell Pat how he's just bending the rules of this goddamn game. It's not at the Untitled the Gaming Podcast at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. We're on Twitter at TugPod, on Instagram at TUG underscore POD. We're on Reddit at r slash TugPod, and on Facebook at the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Also, check out our Twitch channel. We are at twitch.tv slash tugpod. We also ask uh, kindly that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other podcast. Chance is watching a YouTube video, which is going to be picked up on his audio. it's, uh, It's on the news. It was important information. Was it? What was the important information? It was something about politics, whatever. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> politics. I already forgot what it was. Um, <laughs> Sounds really important. <laughs> yeah.